The Chris and Joe Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Heisinga, and we have been uh, discussing the economy. Uh, last week, Joe, you and I were talking about being middle class, and you said it's quite simple to be middle class. All you have to do is sacrifice some middle class things, and you can remain middle class. Yeah, it's evolving. All you have to do is just stop going out to eat, and then you can be middle class, or stop trying to buy a house, and then you can be middle class. I believe I said eat out less. I don't stop think trying I to said put your kids through college, and then you can live the eating? American dream. I love how you handle things over there. Just stop eating. We wanted to invite uh, an economist on to discuss the current state of things, right? Because one of the things that seems to be prevailing in politics is this notion that things are not great. Uh, so Jim Rounds is a Valley economist, and he joins us right now. And, and Jim, as much as we hear about uh, people are upset about inflation or inflation, I heard somebody over the weekend saying inflation just isn't letting up, they said. Well, from an economist viewpoint, are we optimistic or are we pessimistic about the rest of 2024? Well, well first, I like how you all defined it. If you just spend less money, you're, you can be in middle class. So that works out great. That'd make my job easier. Right. Um, yeah, right. I mean, it depends on your individual circumstances. But in terms of inflation, what, what people forget about is we've had pretty high inflation for a while. And now it's lower. There was a little bit of panic over it being 3% instead of, say, 2.5% recently. But it has to be below zero for prices to be coming down. So even if inflation goes from 10% down to 2.5% or 3%, we're still paying more each and every month. And so we actually have to see some deflation for a little while. And we're seeing that in energy and like with gas prices. Gas prices, when it was about $5.50 a gallon, there's about $2 in there that we couldn't reconcile. And and now it's come down quite a bit. So I think it depends on your situation. And if you already had a home before prices escalated, if you have kids in college, like you guys were talking about, I mean, that's a legitimate issue, whether or not you're living month to month or you're comfortable and putting some money aside for a vacation. Yeah. So, Jim, you mentioned deflation. Help me understand this, because what I've always been told is deflation is bad. Uh, we want to see prices come back down. The only way they can happen is with deflation. But isn't deflation indicative of a recession or even the D word depression? Uh, is, how bad is deflation? We'd like to pay less, but how bad is deflation on a grand scale? Yeah, it, it, it really depends on the situation. And think about the last two recessions we had. The Great Recession, that was really, really unusual. And the only one more unusual than that was the COVID recession. So we went through these periods where the entire economy of the globe shut down, basically. And so it, it's uncharted waters right now when you're trying to figure out how you define economic data. And so normally you'd want to see inflation around uh, what we're seeing around 3% right now. It normally indicates a healthy economy, but people are paying way too much still, and we have to get that down. And that's why the Federal Reserve Board is still tightening things up a little bit. We were on the front end of them maybe uh, lowering rates a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to hold off on that now. But it, it's just different now. We have to have different definitions for how we look at things. Sometimes you can look at percentages and think they're good. Uh, like there was a discussion one time where they are saying, well, hey, money supply dropped by a certain percentage, like 5%. We haven't seen that since 1933. But it went up by 50% over a two-year period during that COVID period. So coming down by 5% really isn't that much. Like it's, it's just made it a mess in terms of doing the math. And so we're having to do a, we're having to analyze things completely different than how we did 10 years ago and 20 years ago. 
Talking with Valley economist Jim Rounds right now. And, and Jim, right off the top, you said, hey, it, it all depends how we define things and it depends on the situation for people out there. But but this one, I, I'm hoping you can zero in on a couple factors for us. Chris and I have picked up on the fact that the lower class is growing a lot faster than the upper class. Why Why does that seem to be going on? Well, it, a lot of it had to do with the, the COVID recession actually hit lower income people the hardest. If you're making below 40000 a year, you had a 25% chance of losing your job. If you made about hundred to 150000 a year, you probably net benefited financially because of all the extra incentives that were out there. The federal government spending trillions of dollars extra. We had a zero interest rates for a while and almost free access to a whole lot of money in the economy for a while. And so it really hit the lower income group. And these are the groups that are now making more in terms of you know some of the minimum wage requirements but also in terms of just what what the uh, market will demand but they're also going to be a group that's going to be displaced more but it, it when i actually looked up one time how do you define lower class, a lower income class, middle income, upper income? And I, I think I saw 10 different definitions, but the one that I liked the best was mid, middle class. Uh, it, it was about 60,000 to 100,000 per worker, but that's what the data would show. But my gut feel, sometimes you just got to go with your gut feel. My gut feel is that each person in the household, you know, there's one and a half earners per household on average. I think they'd have to make about 75K each um, in order to be considered middle class just with all the extra burdens that there are, the debt from school, all sorts of things like that. So I kind of don't buy into just looking at the pure numbers. you got to go with that gut check as well. Could not agree more. Jim Rounds, a Valley economist. And Jim, uh, this is why Joe and I were talking about what is middle class. And in order to be middle class, sure, you might make that 60000 per income earner, uh, you know, per household or whatever it is, but it doesn't necessarily translate into I get to live the quote-unquote middle class lifestyle. One of the things that we're still seeing though is uh, the price of groceries. Joe and I talked about this. In fact, our producer Pablo was talking about how he was just paying too much for bread. I told him stop eating bread. I uh, didn't need the carbs, but uh, he didn't want to listen to me. So, Jim, <laughs> is there is there a hangover, kind of a sticker shock hangover? In other words, if inflation is down to just two and a half or three percent right now, uh, year over year, it still feels like it's twenty percent more because it takes us a while to get used to sort of the new normal. Yeah, there's this term and it's called sticky up. And Ooh, I'm when writing you have, when, Yeah, so when you have prices when you have prices declining, they jump back up really quick when the economy changes. When you have prices go up, they get stuck there for a while. They don't come down that quickly. And we saw that with price of gas for a while. You're going to see it with food and other things. It's going to take, um, you know, people getting fed up with it, saying we're not going to pay that much. They're going to go to competitor products. Uh, and then the market will kick in and it'll get back to normal. But it always seems like when the prices are up, they get stuck there for a while. They never get stuck down and benefit the consumer. But I see that happening in a lot of different categories. Valley economist Jim Rounds joining us here on the show. Jim, how will I know if I'm in the middle class? I make that, you know, 60 to 100K out there that you referenced just a moment ago. How will I know that things are getting better? What are a couple key things that that I can, you know, keep an eye on as far as stories that I might see if I'm doing a Google search late at night or if I just happen to be looking at, you know, interest rate or grocery prices or, or gas prices? How do I know things are getting better? What would I look for? Yeah. What should I look for? 
So, so there's a couple of broad things. Um, what you want to do is you, you want to look at GDP, which is just the value of all the things that we make in the U.S. You want to, you typically want to see that above two and a half percent. It's been growing above that. It was like three to three and a half percent last time. Uh, you want to look at the monthly job growth. You want to see about 250,000 jobs each month, and we've been adding three to 350,000 jobs each month. So we've been growing at a rate a little bit more rapidly than we've been expecting. Um, the Federal Reserve Board's not going to be raising rates. They're looking for an excuse to lower them, but they got a little spooked by that inflation number. But yeah. we're probably going to see that come down closer to the summer. I don't think we're going to see a lot of action during election time because they don't want to be influencing that too much. So I think the hot time was going to be um, – early summer and you know maybe uh they'll lower the uh we'll see a percent decline in, in rates over a couple of meetings it's funny you and say that jim a little yeah it's yeah. funny you say that about the feds not wanting to influence the election because is there if they lower the rates it would influence the, the election but if they don't lower the rates that also would influence the election they really they're damned if they do and damned if they don't aren't they in that regard yeah and so what do you do you just yeah. do nothing Okay. The safest thing to do will be to do nothing, but but it, it's a it's a big deal. These interest rates are a big deal, and and you know the biggest purchase that somebody makes is a home. And you know we had a period where people were buying you know four hundred fifty thousand dollar was a typical price home, three and a half percent interest. That's about a two thousand dollar mortgage payment. At seven and a half percent interest, it's a three thousand dollar month mortgage Ooh. payment. So you're you're basically losing one hundred fifty thousand dollars of value. So a lot of these people got into their homes and they got locked in at these low rates. They're just going to stay there for a while. We're going to see them running the Home Depot and Lowe's and all these other places to buy goods uh, to you know improve their homes, and they're going to try to stay put for a while. But if you missed out, housing's very expensive, and that's something that we have, have to work on across the nation. A lot of it has to do with finances. It's not just cities saying no, we don't want to build, but. That is part of it, though. So we have to build more homes. We have to build more affordable homes. Not everybody can go buy the median price home, nor should you expect everybody to be buying the median price home. If you don't make median income, you shouldn't be buying the median price home. But we don't have enough rentals. We've got to be working on that. There's a lot of stuff that we can do at the state level to help people at the margin. But we're also bound by all these macroeconomic things that we're talking about. Valley economist Jim Rounds. Jim, thank you for checking in with us. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. One way to defeat price increases, and Jim kind of hinted at it, actually, if you were listening to what he said, it might be for all of us to speak with one loud voice, and your efforts are starting to work. You'll find out where next on The Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. There we are. The Chris and Joe Show. Still going. Great. Stellar. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Heisinga, uh, KTAR News. The volley coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. You know, it was great having Jim Rounds on, our Valley Economist, as he was talking about middle class and where we are and sort of the, the outlook. And it sounds like, generally speaking, Joe, correct me if you heard something different, but it sounds like things are getting incrementally better. Right, we want to bring some interest rates down, but you might not be able it's to afford be a house very right now. Slow. Yeah. I didn't come away from that like doom and gloom or feeling like, oh, my goodness, we're we're headed towards a recession or anything really bad is coming. Bad things are happening all over the place. No, I didn't come away with it uh, all angry and worked up either. No, I felt good about it, but I like the way you phrased it of incrementally where it's not going to be change that we necessarily see overnight. 
Yeah. It'll be more so kind of quarterly, three to six months from now. You might see small little steps, baby steps, small little steps, though. And he used a term that I thought was really great called sticky up mm-hmm. where prices go up and they kind of stay there for a while. And so. Isn't it funny how when the economy tanks, like it did during the pandemic or it did during the recession when we have the stock market crash, all of a sudden the bad comes in a big tidal wave. But for that wave to recede and let the land dry out takes a long time. So while we have... The economy goes real fast. That's what the economy did. I don't know if you... It what, was, what was that? That was a technical term. Yeah. I like that you used that. Correct. It, a, okay. All right. Yeah, it so did that. It did that. Uh-huh. And then as a result of that, now we're all... But it will get better. It's just that it's not going to get better as quickly as it got bad. And I think that's the hardest thing for all of us to deal with. Hmm. Sound effects to explain how our economy has gone by Chris Merrill. I would also say those are uh, high-end sound effects. No, no doubt. No doubt. Now, with the grocery store. Yeah. Now, we talked last week about how for the average family of four to get groceries here around the valley, you're looking at like a little over 270 bucks. Yeah. But But, it does seem like a little bit of good news. It is good news because people are starting to push back. So people are upset that prices remain about 20% above where they were before the pandemic. And so what are we doing? You don't have a sound effect for that? There's a 20% above. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. I have sound effects I could use, but this is way more fun. I prefer sound effects via Chris. Yeah, very good. The Chris machine is good. Uh, So what's happening now is that people are united. We don't even know it. It's just sort of human behaviors that we go, forget it. I'm not paying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that is one thing. I I won't buy eggs right now. Have you been to the store to see eggs? I mean, eggs are over four bucks a a, a dozen a gallon. Depends on how you buy them. They're up uh, over like four dollars a dozen. Egg whites is what I'm a big fan of. And like. Yeah, they're up like 50% from it's what crazy. they were even a couple years ago. Now, I don't think it's necessarily inflation-related, but the, the point remains the same. We have that a is, chicken shortage. Right. There's more bird flu. So there's they have, to, they have to wipe out entire farms of chickens. It's really a horrific story. Mm-hmm. But that's why your eggs are so expensive right now. So as a result, I'm not eating any eggs. I haven't, I haven't had any eggs in a while mm-hmm. other than what I get at Filberto's when I have my Saturday breakfast burrito. Mm. So good. Now... What happens, though, is that there are other places where we go, am I buying that? Am I going to pay for that? Am I going to pay for this? And we, all of us, are saying, I've had enough, and I'm not going to take it anymore. So we start buying the store brand, the generics. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big generic advocate. I am, too. It's the same thing with a different label on it a lot of times. In many cases, it comes out of the same factory. It's literally the same thing. Not just a, a close facsimile. It is identical. Other than the label on the outside. Yeah. And what they call it. So people like you and me and you who's listening right now, you start shifting away from the name brands and you start buying the the, the Kroger brand or the, what is it, Walmart has a Equate, hmm. right? Or the Members Mark from, is it Costco that does Members Mark? Um, or is that Sam's Club? Members Mark, no. Can't remember. One or the other. Anyway, we start going to the discount brands, right? Or we stop buying quite so much food. The end result is it's having an effect. And it's having an effect on things like used cars. Rather than buying new, some dealers are starting to to cut prices on new cars again because people have started buying used cars. We saw used car prices go up during the pandemic. Now they're starting to come back down. 
The growing customer pushback to what critics condemn as price gouging has been most evident with food as well as with consumer goods like paper towels and napkins. Now, I think that's really interesting because how many of us are going to stop washing our hands or stop using napkins? Hopefully you're not doing that. But you are finding the store brands or the the discount brands as well. So as a result, this is starting to bring some of those prices down. We have injected a new higher competitive uh, system into this inflation that we've seen here of late. Yeah, if we don't buy it, they realize, hey, we're going to have to lower the price on that or people will not take it. Uh, by the way, that Costco generic uh, Kirkland signature. Kirkland signature. Members that. Marcus Sam's Club then. Yeah, um, Kirkland. But yeah, they're also seeing this with cars too. Yeah. Same kind of thing where people aren't going to pay the sticker shock for that new car. Right. They're going to go out and they're going to take a used car. Now, how do you look at that, Chris? Because I could see you saying this is further proof that the middle class is eroding, that that they're not buying a new car anymore. Now they're settling for a used car. But I would push back. You know, I hadn't say, thought of it that way, but I'm glad you... But, but yeah. I would push back and no, say... I'm, I'm adopting that position uh, I, yeah. I figured you would. Yeah. But you're buying a used car now... Right. ...so that you can buy a new car later. You would never buy a new car. Why would you do such a thing when, de- when the deflation... Wait a minute. Which side am I arguing? New car's good or the bad? The wrong side. That's yeah. the side that you're say, arguing. You should buy a new car, Joe. It's uh, it's uh, reliable. It's trustworthy. It's a status symbol. It's the American way. You want to support American jobs, you buy a nice new car, Joe. Yeah, but it's too expensive right now, so I'm going to buy a used car, and then down the road, since I bought my used car, yeah. I'm going to have the money to buy the new car. Well, you might be onto something. All right, the score is love, love. We're going to volley the other big headlines like the Supreme Court on your Facebook uh, or spouses getting into your paychecks. That's next in the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Izenga. Touching on the other big headlines, we ask life's most important questions. We'll tickle your brain bone in what we call the volley. Joe, is it my serve or yours? Your serve. All right. Banking app Chime. You might have that on your phone. Did a survey and found that one in ten people don't have any idea how much their long-term partner makes. Could be their wife, their... Uh, what their percentage? One in ten? One in ten. Okay. Yeah. How far into the dating process do you keep the other person in the dark? Wow. On how much you make? My ex and I, who were together for three years, yeah, never sat there, and I don't think we ever disclosed. She knew I made more than her, but I don't think we ever said, like, hey, here's my pay stub. Here's what I make each year. Mm. Did you know how much she made? I knew she made less than me. But you didn't know? No. Okay. I, I didn't think it was that important. So that's three years. All right. Pablo, how long uh, into that relationship? As soon as I feel it's going to be serious, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like so 10 minutes. Forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Now, now we can move forward because that, yeah. that is a very, uh, that topic can break or make a relationship. Absolutely. So you got to talk about it yeah. no matter what. I do agree it can make or break a relationship, but I think you kind of find that out as you go. My wife was great. She just says, just tell me how much you make. Just just tell me. We were dating. She's like, just just tell me how much you make. How, how like, far in was this? Uh, a few months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like if you make a ton, 
Um, or if you don't make very much, you want to keep it to yourself because you don't want to come off as like clingy, like, Hey, I need you to buy dinner, but yeah. also you don't want to embarrass yourself, but you also don't want to seem braggadocious. Like, Oh, I make, uh, I make $280,000 a year. How much do you make? Hold on. Right? You make $280,000. I need to have my, a my conversation first, with yeah, the boss. No, no, no. It's okay. My first year in radio, I made that. I make a lot more now. Oh, yeah. My goodness, man. All right. Your serve, sir. Uh, nearly 4,000 Arizonans would have about $33 million in student debt canceled. Hold on, 4,000, 33 uh-huh. million. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do All the right. math on that. Uh, okay. You know, the boss won't like that, but go for it. Okay. Uh, so nearly 4,000 Arizonans would have about $33, 33 million, million. Okay. in student loan debt canceled okay. under a plan announced by President Biden okay. last week. So everyone owes about $10 million apiece? No. Okay. Keep trying. Uh, what do you think of the president canceling student loan debt, Chris? Is it a move to buy votes? Yes. Were were those people swindled or something yes. else? All of the above. Anything else? Well, listen, I mean, school is stupid expensive. It's way more expensive now than it was in past years. It's part of the reason that we have a shrinking middle class. Yeah. Why is Biden doing it now? He's though? definitely doing it because he wants to buy votes. But I also think it's a tenet of, of some of the, the it's the it's a plank of the, the Democratic platform is to bring down the cost of education. And so they're saying, look, this is important to us. And he's like, yeah, it's important to me. And I want you to vote for me because it's important. So, yeah, he's buying votes, but it's also their plank. Why is Biden doing this, Pablo? Yeah, to buy votes. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, do you, did you guys have a student loan? Yeah. yeah. Man, I you, did not. Dude, they only, after I started, I went to school a long time ago, but when after I graduated and started paying it off, it was only like $25 a, a month. I'm like, that's going to take me forever. Off. Yeah. I paid it off, but oh, okay. I was just, come on, this is not yeah. cool. I'm a big fan. My roommate gets uh, a piece of mail every week. He never checks it. So I get it and I see it in the mailbox and I always get a little bit giddy because I know it's going to tick him off so much when I walk in the door with it and set it down. And say, oh, and his, hey, his your resp- bill is here. No, his response, it's not a bill. It's basically them calling or reaching out to him saying, hey, you need to get a hold of us. And he's always just like, I tried. And in reality, it's like, <laughs> I know he's not trying to do anything yeah. to do to get back on a payment plan. Right. He's he just hoping you're just, all of it during COVID. Sure. And he's just hoping that he is a benefactor of one of these policies. He right? just wants to like basically just run out the clock and hope that eventually they just decide, hey, we're, we're <laughs> just going to forget it. You can pay us zero. Yeah, yeah. You think when they squash the debt, they give you an email that says, remember us in November? Oh, they should. That's true. Yeah. With well. a sticker. Uh, the Supreme Court hearing cases today that could potentially prevent social media companies from removing posts that violate the terms of service. Mm-hmm. Right? Without moderation, will social media be a better or worse experience? Oh, gosh. How about a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B? How so? Oh, man, now you're asking follow-ups? I, I did not know that was part of the volley. You wanted me to tell you if I, if I love the idea of uh, yeah. writing off student loans. Are you kidding? I'm throwing this at you. I feel like social media always gives everybody a voice, so that's always good. Sure. but Except stupid people talk. Not stupid people, but if you let people go off and say whatever they want... And some people Behind the cloak of say some things that are not so nice and they don't really think it out uh-huh. or they think, again, like you said, they can be totally anonymous yep. and they can just, they don't realize that there's a person on the other side of that keyboard. Yeah. So sometimes it can be, you know, gosh darn it, a little bit hurtful and they don't consider the thoughts and feelings of others. Shouldn't I just be able to write a program that says horrible things to you? It just does it all the time automatically, so I don't even have to lift a finger to tell you what a terrible person you are. What happens between two and four every day? 
Nailed it. Nailed it. Pablo? I, I'm not big on regulations, but I mean, some of the stuff out there can lead you, sway you in a direction, has swayed some of my friends and family in directions I didn't think they would ever gone. Right? Well, th- those yeah. terms like, of service now, you see them, it takes you five minutes to scroll through all the terms. Somebody's got to empty the porta potty every now and again, is the way I look at it, right? Like, listen. John's full. We're gonna have to empty this out a little bit here. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want nobody messing with my MMA videos or my or my uh, yeah, no. videos. Uh, yeah. yeah, obviously, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, time is money, Chris, and Americans are putting a price tag on everything they do outside of work. A new poll finds the average person values the rest of their day at. Let's take a rough guess. What do you mean the rest of my? So when I'm not at work? Yeah. How much? How much money is that worth? From well, I worked from two hours 356 a day. when yeah. you saunter out of here mm-hmm. until um, boy, I'm like the road runner when that clock is 56. And then, I? Yeah, I mean, like, you come Shoo! to work at like 204 Correct. in the afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, those other hours of the day, how much is that worth? Let's see. Uh, honestly speaking, oh man, how, how much do you think it? Americans say? And then, what would you say? Uh, Americans always undervalue themselves. So I'm going to say that they say that the rest of their day is worth like 30 bucks or something. Okay. You? Honestly, like if uh, I'd say that my time is worth 400 bucks for the rest of the day. Okay. So the average American says $134. Oh, that's more than I expected. But a lot less than your 400. I think I'm worth more than most people do. You're a very valuable guy. I know you are. Well, your, your meals cost more than most people, so... You right? say any My meal does cost. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your meals cost more. All that, all that. Food I'm docking your free time. Worth of meals over I'm here. docking your free time. <laughs> wow. What about you, Pablo? How about, much is your free time worth? About, about 120 yeah, bucks. I think so. About okay. whatever it takes to, for the value of keeping my utilities and my roof and that kind of stuff. Oh, oh okay. That's the wrong answer, Pablo. So we you're just a break-even kind of guy. We don't See, like I'm, you. To, we no. don't like you to have any free time. You always work for us. I just feel like the fact that I'm even on this planet should be should be valued to other people around me, and that's why I'm worth so much. This is just kind of a silly exercise because it's not like we're ever going to get paid for not doing anything, right? No, no. It's, it's like those stories that always get into, um, you know, how much like a stay-at-home mom is worth. Yeah, and and it's like, hey, I get it. You're right. doing a lot of work, yeah. but but how are we ever going to pay for you. that? Right. Yeah. How is that going to go? Turn in your expense report and we'll talk about it. A NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th for the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience. NASCAR heads west as drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel. Oh. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on KTAR.com for your chance to win tickets. There's soft-spoken, there's plain-spoken, and then there's what Bruce St. James and Gatos are going to bring you at 4 o'clock. We're going to see what's on their agenda next. KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. All right, Chris Merrill along with uh, my emotional support host, Joe Hazinga, I might stick with that. I, I kind of like where it's going. I Joe. like that. You like I'm that? his emotional support, Joe. The great Bruce St. James joining us in the studio as well. And Bruce, we were we opened the show today. We, in fact, the first hour, I highly recommend people uh, grab the podcast of it. Uh, we discussed the idea of adding the Ten Commandments in the yes. classroom as it, it passed well, through the Senate. Right, right uh, through the Arizona Senate, that it, it's actually working its way through. Uh, it wouldn't be mandatory, but it would be optional. 
Right. And uh, I thought, well, this makes good sense. It's a good start. We just need to allow for more. So that means I can have the, the whatever the tenets are of Islam. I can have the tenets of, of Buddhism. I since, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Go ahead. And say that State Senator Anthony Kern, who sponsored this bill. God fearing God Anthony Kern. Hasn't thought this all the way through. Hmm. How so? I don't think he's prepared for the religious tenets yeah. of the Wiccans. To be in classrooms, of of the Muslims to be in classrooms. Yeah. I, he only wants the tenets of the religion he prescribes to in classrooms. And this certainly opens the door to, if it's an option for teachers, yeah. it's an option for all teachers, isn't it? You can't dictate one religion over another. Chris what? and I learned about the uh, 11 satanic rules of the earth. There are 11 satanic rules of the earth? There are 11. Of course they had to have one more than 10. Mm-hmm. Most Those satanists... Those were written before Spinal Tap came out, too. Oh, so that's fantastic. really well, impressive. I, again, I'm not even 100% sure what Wiccans are. I just think it sounds kind of cool. We found that uh, Joe's Ten Commandments that he learned growing up were different than the Ten Commandments I learned in the First United Methodist Church growing really? up. Really? Yeah, yeah, Chris learned the wrong ones. The I wrong learned, ones? I learned the Catholic ones, of course. Okay. Those okay. were the right ones. You know, yeah. the big one, the big difference is, is that the Protestants have uh, um, no graven images, but the Catholics are like, that's pretty much all of Rome. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you ever been to Rome? Right. It's, yeah. it's like everything. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, Tough to come up with a rule. Difficult. Yeah. We didn't have that. What happens if you have a situation in the schools? I don't think you and I even explored this, Joe. What happens if you have a situation in the school where you have a Protestant mm-hmm. uh, teacher who posted okay. Ten Commandments, but then you have a Catholic the student... Protestant version. Right. right. But then you have a student who comes in and, the, and, they're, and they're saying, well, I'm going to pray to St. Christopher or to St. Joseph or to <laughs> Bruce St. James. Again, I... I don't believe that they've thought this all the way through. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, the door that they think they're opening is not the one that they're actually opening. Besides the fact that I don't think this passes constitutional muster on any level. I don't think we have to worry about it because I don't think Hobbs is going to let this one. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a separation signed, of church and state for a reason. Uh, um, and, again... If you let in one religion, you let in all. Remember, remember the city council used to have the uh, invocation? Yeah. The beginning of the city councils, and they had to, they cut that out. You know why? Because guess too. what? They satanic temples, like, when's it our turn? Right. And they're like, hold on a second. We didn't mean you guys. They go, okay, so help us understand when you said religion, which one you meant. Yeah, but that was, am I remembering this correctly? Didn't they say, okay, well, we're not going to do it anymore? Yeah, they just got rid of it entirely. But then they said, okay, we're going to bring it back. And you know what? We're booked for the next, uh, uh, however long it was. Yeah, 15 like, years. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you guys want no we openings. We'll put yeah, you on the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how we all play those little games to manipulate yeah, things. It's right? ridiculous, uh, and the idea of pushing one religion over other religions is ridiculous. And it's exactly what state legislature, uh, st- state legislators should stay out of. Bruce, I got to tell you, I've been listening to you and uh, oh, Gatos. I'm sorry. On the way home, is every your day. radio like is the button stuck? Or I consider it? myself a connoisseur Ooh. of the R E D I O. Okay, I'm really liking the way you guys sound. I sincerely appreciate and that's I would, such a compliment. I would tell you that even if we weren't on the air yeah. on the station. Well, I would you... tell you that we listen to you guys, but I think you guys know we're nah, literally in the other working. room getting ready nah, for our fine. show right. when you guys are on the air. So how convenient, Bruce yeah. St. James. I, I'd love to we I'm, have a podcast. I could I could go back and podcast. Right. I need to do that. Outspoken Bruce St. James and Gatos is next. The Chris and Joe show. Joe, you got anything to add? No. We'll talk to you tomorrow starting at two o'clock. Chris and Joe, KTAR News.
with Bruce and Gators. There's a guy driving.